This video is brought to you by Black Moon Games. Check out their products at shop-black-moon.com. Usually we set the topics for every week, but this week we're going to let you determine what we talk about tonight. We answer your questions live on the 133rd episode of the Chaotic Goodcast. Stick around. Maybe. I don't know. Hey everyone, welcome to the Chaotic Goodcast, our weekly geeky roundtable. I'm your host, Doug Shute. With me, my fellow casters, Ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games. Back in the home recording office. Look at that. Look at that. Artist illustrator of Age of Night, the one and only Amanda Call. Hello. And of course, our Chaotic Goodcast would not be complete without our Geek of the North, the one and only Jason Hunt. Can you imagine if there was actually two of Amanda? If she wasn't just the one and only? That's I mean, not... No, no one actually <laughs> wants that. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so yeah, we're to, tonight uh, we're going to let you all uh, determine what we talk about, so please leave your questions <clears> for <throat> all of us in the chat. We'll try to get to them as uh, in the order that uh, they pop up. Uh, we're really excited to uh, to kind of do a little bit of uh, Q&A, little little AMA for uh, for the uh, community. And uh, should I Google the Canadian version of Pleading the Fifth? Uh, yeah, yes. you probably should. You probably should. You yeah. should. Uh, but before we we dive Whatever right it's in, called in Canada. <laughs> I just want to remind folks that are listening to the audio podcast to join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. If you'd like, uh, you can check us out on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch. Uh, if you are a fan of any of those sites, please give us a like or follow, subscribe, all that jazz. And if you enjoy these shows, please hit the like button down below. Uh, that little heart uh, or the little thumbs up or a little heart or whatever you're watching on. Um, that, that definitely helps us a great deal. Uh, and if you're finding us for the first time, you know, feel free to hit that subscribe or uh, follow, whatever. You know, we, we greatly appreciate uh, all of our community here uh, on uh, at VCG. So thank you so much. Uh, all right. Looks like we've got quite a few. Uh, we've got we've already got a topic right out of the right out of the gate. But uh, is everybody everybody uh, doing well? Last week we, we had to kind of uh, cancel last minute because our power went my power went out. And okay. no, no power. power went out. My internet went out. <laughs> my, luckily, my power didn't go out. Lots of folks Nothing. around my area did have power go out, uh, as well as the internet. But the internet went out uh, like an hour before we were supposed to, or two hours, I guess, before we were supposed to go live, and it didn't come on back on until about eleven o'clock. So uh, we apologize to the folks that this is uh, an episode that you were supposed to get last week didn't quite uh, happen, but uh, we're glad to make it up. This uh, uh, I could refer to it as the lost episode and just have everybody panic and think they missed it. Whoa. There we go. There we go. We could have it be a uh, patron uh, reward, but it wouldn't really be a reward. <laughs> <laughs> then you'd have all the patrons being like, wait, what did we? What? Did we? I didn't see one. <laughs> we appreciate all of the VCG pa patrons uh, that are, are part of our Patreon. You are the reason why we were able to do this show. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, and uh, if you are a patron at $10 or more a month, I, I get to send you a box of cool cool stuff. stuff. Oh, shoe crate every, uh, every six months. 
and uh, we greatly appreciate it. Everyone that. in America will have theirs already almost. And, Ooh, yeah. Certificate of shootness. I will get mine sometime in the new year. <laughs> yeah, well, this this was a previous shoot crate. So. It was. It was a Kevin Kevin Eastman owned and signed Teen, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles co comic book. I mean, that's pretty wicked. Pretty wicked. That is. So. It is. I like mine very much. Yeah, hungry. Uh, hungry says, uh, "I wondered what happened." Yeah, yeah. It was it was scheduled uh, on the channel, and then we had I pulled it because uh, should have just rescheduled it for uh, for today. But I actually pulled because it off the, uh, the rebels blew up the Death Star on us. Yeah, we had because some really bad. There's this thing about trying to have an internet <laughs> show if the internet doesn't if, work. If you don't have internet, yeah, yeah, no, you can still have a show, have but no internet. internet show. Yeah. <laughs> We had a lot of snow, a lot of cold weather. I hope everybody's staying warm, um, especially in the. I bought myself been... a fuzzy blanket, and I'm hiding under that. Nice, <laughs> nice. It looks nice. like I. For those of you on the audio, it looks like I skinned a snow leopard. I didn't. I just went to Target. <laughs> a faux leopard. You skinned a, a faux leopard. Uh, so yeah, we greatly appreciate uh, all those that uh, would have tuned in last week uh, that, that that missed uh, missed out. And uh, believe me, we we would have loved to to do the show uh, anyway. But uh, just was it? I wasn't mean, possible. you 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 all didn't do the show. Oh, I, maybe, maybe I, I, I sat here and just like <laughs> talked at my computer for yeah, like that's, an hour. That's and all half. it was. You you just Is talked it? for an hour and a half to. to I had to like, do something. Yeah, <laughs> it was very weird. I think I went to bed early last week. Yeah. What? I was I was just sitting there like what do I do with my Monday? Like thing I'm supposed this is to weird. be doing right now. Uh looks like Walter Walter I just got a shoe crate. I was honestly surprised oh, when the box arrived. Many thanks. So. Rubbing it in, Walter. Thank you Appreciate very much. <laughs> uh yeah, those uh, international packages are going to take a while, I believe. Oh, I guarantee it. I, I'll let you know when mine finally does arrive. I'm right. betting I probably won't see it until sometime mid-February. Wow. You you might get it before I get mine though. Because like I, I'm on the I'm on the shoot parcel delivery system. It's when oh. he decides to visit me. That's a, that's basically <laughs> what happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he decides to drop it off. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh yeah. Uh did I'm trying to think if there's any big gaming news that happened over the last week that uh, or last two weeks that uh that 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 uh, has happened in the industry before we get onto our uh, AMA questions and uh, yeah I uh, I I think what is it uh, was it the, the the head of Wizards of the Coast was named Hasbro CEO Hasbro president yeah Hasbro yeah. president or it, it's either either the CEO of Wizards became the Hasbro president or the president of Wizards became the Hasbro CEO it's one of the two yeah no I think uh, but. It, it's pretty crazy. Person A became bigger. Person B, I guess. Yes. Yeah, um, and it was mostly because of the growth that the Wizards of the Coast has had over these last few years. And uh, what, 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 before we went live, uh, Ben, you, you said in our chat that uh, Wizards yeah. of the Coast announced that they made they had what? How much in sales over? Over over one billion for the first time, uh, nearly <laughs> doubling their money uh, income uh, over the past year in 2021. So. Is that combined sales from like all products? That is that is Wizards of the Coast. So that's D and D and Magic, basically. Uh, plus, it's got to be all their their uh, e all the digital, e yeah. As well, yeah. Yep. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah digital, digital sales too. as well for sure. Yep. But uh, but yeah, it was uh, we're going to see a bigger picture of what the full financial situation looks like uh, a little bit later on during the investor meeting. Uh, 
but uh, they did tease that uh, that in 2021. It was the best year they ever had and basically doubled their, their sales. So pretty good for in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's uh, ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It shows you how strong that uh, that brand is going to be or how, how strong that, that uh, you know, the Wizards of the Coast brand is. And, One might uh, call it a juggernaut. It's, it's amazing, you know, that even in the midst of a pandemic, when you know discretionary income is probably at one of its all-time lowest points you know for everybody that they're still they're able still to making in. money like that That's and, and you have to remember too that like none of that includes secondary market sales so all right. of these graded you know black lotus and power nine stuff that have seen astronomical gains during the pandemic that doesn't count towards wizards that's that's nothing that they are have a finger in anymore so that's crazy yeah, this is just raw product moving out the door oh yeah i get to watch the first three episodes of that legend of vox machina thing tomorrow cool oh really that, that releases yeah. tomorrow yeah it's starting tomorrow nice now someone was saying that uh the critical role series that's coming out that's what that's what that's that's what that is. is talking about. Yes. Okay. So that was the one that was on Kickstarter. Yep. Yeah, that's Kickstarter one. Yep. So I I heard that their backers were told that if they want to see the series, they have to sign up for a free trial of Amazon Prime. Yes. They knew to... that going in. Oh, is that what they it mentioned... is? Yeah, they mentioned that at the beginning of the thing. Like halfway through the Kickstarter, they were said they were they had a deal with Amazon to show it. It'll be available to everyone on Amazon Prime once the primary backing period is over. But okay. yeah, it's they're partnered with Amazon to do it, so yeah, Amazon's gonna re, re, have it. Interesting, interesting. It just, it just, it just like makes me kind of go. Really, you gonna make people sign up for Amazon? Pro, they had to video? release it on something. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it just it, it's interesting. I, I just thought that was. I didn't guess. I didn't realize that when the campaign was going on. But I uh, think a lot of people didn't realize that even when the campaign mm-hmm. was going on. Which I will. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't back it so I have no idea what the actual like language that was in the Kickstarter campaign was and I will absolutely admit that a lot of people back projects and do not read specifically what is in that I I even did that once or twice that is a thing that happens what I don't know what you're talking about Amanda I I read every single Kickstarter backer every single Kickstarter upload I can understand the frustration when you're like, hey, I, I backed this for a bunch of money, and then I still have to either sign up for Prime or go through the rigmarole of getting get a free a trial yeah. in order right. to just watch yeah. the thing I already it, financially supported. I can understand why that feels yeah. gross. Like, yeah. When I, they even, first announced it, they were hoping it, they would do it on YouTube. Right, yeah. But they, yeah. I don't know how they got into the deal with Amazon, but like boat. oh, God, I think... So, a couple of weeks into the campaign when it had really just absolutely crushed mm-hmm. every when record it, in the world. Right. They said they were looking for uh, um, someone to uh, release it <laughs> with them. Right. right. <laughs> uh, and they, that they were in negotiations with several different th- uh, companies, I guess, or, or entities, I suppose, to release it. And Amazon ended up being their choice. And there were a lot of irritated people because most... I, I was at that time Netflix was still king of the world. I guess they probably still are king of the world when it comes to streaming. Uh, and people were like, well, that would have been easier. But like even me that time, I didn't have a prime membership. I have one now, 
but mm-hmm. I didn't have one then. And I was even I was at first I was like, what the heck? I got to sign yeah. up for this. But yeah, it, people knew about it before the end of the campaign. So there was ample opportunity to back out if they needed to. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I, can, I, I guess I, I didn't realize why that. that would still just kind of like feel a little a little like lousy if you had and didn't realize it. Or even if you did realize it, well, and you're just like, well, that's not really how I hope that would play out. So. There were some irritated people still after the fact when they did announce the three episode thing coming out on Amazon because everybody was like, during the campaign, you guys were saying all of the backers would be able to watch these first three episodes. But if I don't get Amazon, I can't watch this. So that's right. not necessarily true. Like if I have, right, like yeah. there's a lot of people who have a big beef with Amazon because of their yeah. business practices mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So a lot of people don't do business with Amazon and now, like some of those people have no doubt backed the, uh, yeah, chasing the Bezos bucks. <laughs> a lot of people have probably gone on to say, well, geez, you know, I guess I'm not going to see this until it comes out somewhere else or maybe get a DVD of it at some point or something. Now, did they have any kind of physical like pledge level? Can you get it on they, like a box set or anything? No, I don't, I don't uh, think they did. No, I can, I can check on the Kickstarter here real quick, but I don't believe there was a, a physical version because everything streams these days so i don't think anybody yeah. was ever even considering it mm-hmm. yeah no i i think uh, physical media is kind of a, a dying dead, industry a horse, yeah. with even the local walmart their dvd and blu-ray section is just decimated gonna cry yeah so uh speaking of uh updates uh on kickstarters that friggin artwork on the blood march update today holy S- yeah, star, star, Ooh. star, star. <laughs> that is some kind of nice looking. Yeah, but that's always like I'm. I'm never I'm, like I'm shocked by how amazing it is, but I'm never like, oh wow! I never ex- you know I expect that from Free League. <laughs> <laughs> we we do have quite a few uh, uh, artists that uh, we we kind of so have much. On holy cow! I got to see some of Amanda's stuff. artwork in my uh, Yangshi uh, box set yesterday. Mm-hmm. That was cool. My wife was so very confused when I explained to her what that game was about. <laughs> like, it's about a what now? Excuse me? Yeah. Hopping what now? What? Hopping. Like, she loves um, uh, Korean dramas, and they do a lot of period stuff there where mm-hmm. it's lots of supernatural and mystical. So she quickly got up to speed. Got and, on board, yeah. And, of course, this morning she's all like, well, you know, the whole glasses push-up thing. <laughs> I know a thing or two about this. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I only had a very small part in that project, but I'm very glad I was able to be involved at all because it's a really awesome game. I did I did precisely one map, but <laughs> it's very cool to just be involved because that the whole game is just very awesome. I got my copy in the mail a couple weeks ago now. You know, nice. Doug, this would have been way easier if I had never met you. <laughs> I just now, I just now found the. Uh, what, what do you? What do you? What, that's like the. I can never. I can, I always pick it on you, Jason. But that's like the meanest thing you've it, ever said to me. It took, oh, it took me this long of scrolling through my Kickstarter pledges to find the Critical Role pledge that I backed like wow. a year and a half ago. <laughs> wow, that's that's uh, that's that's harsh. <laughs> I don't Ooh. see any option for a physical copy. Yeah, I don't think there are. Actually, that's not entirely true. There were a lot of uh, physical pledge levels, but not for 
for the um, show uh, yeah. for a dvd version of the show like you could get signed scripts and uh, mm. they had uh, all of the minis available again and uh, there was a um, i believe a trinket um stuffy as well that you could get stuffy. and nice. apparently most people have their physical stuff now so i mean they're do- fulfillment wise they're doing fairly well that's good <laughs> Uh, but is it the first time you've heard it? I have to say, I would not be halfway into gaming to the level I am right now if I had not met Doug. D and D would still be my primary, probably. And I've been exposed to so many crazy different games that I never well, would have found. I'm, I'm I'm glad at least I had that kind of impact on you. <laughs> Uh, Walter says, I'm looking forward to the Power Rangers playthrough. Yeah, we're going to do that uh, February 9th on the show. So if you're interested in that, uh, feel free to hit the subscribe button. We're going to be uh, doing that. We've got a great great cast for that. Uh, Jason says he hates Power Rangers, and he's not going to be part of that show. In fact, I do. He, I really he's, dislike he's Power Rangers. Of, he's part of that chat, the group chat anyway. And uh, he's, <laughs> he's uh, said... They had, uh, they had all these volunteers for it, and then Doug was asking me. And I was like, I actually, in fact, cannot stand the Power Rangers. <laughs> See, so I don't know the Power Rangers. And let's just sorry, uh, let's plug it while while we can. Uh, the the Power Rangers role playing games coming out from Renegade Game Studios. I think on the twenty sixth. I think it's just in a couple days. So right as this uh, should be this uh, the week, audio yeah. podcast is is uh, uh, re- releasing, uh, it it should be live uh, and and released. Uh, so that's a it's a, it's a D twenty system called Essence twenty. Uh, and uh, it's interesting. Uh, there's uh, some things that I, I'll probably I'll, tr- I'll try to do like an, an actual video on it uh, to give you my thoughts. Uh, but we're gonna do an actual play of it on February 9th. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not all that familiar with with Power Rangers. I'll be honest with you. It kind of was one of those things that came and popped up after after my time and uh, of being a kid. And uh, yeah, I've gone back in the meantime because prepping for this actual play. Because, you know, I do that, despite what Jason likes to, to claim, I do prep for certain shows. <laughs> and uh, I never said you don't prep. I just said you don't take notes. <laughs> I, I, I went back and I actually watched uh, the Power Rangers movie, the 1995 movie, which, oh, my God. I, yeah. No. Does that still have Rita Repulsa, or did that introduce one of the other That introduced villains. one of the others. One of the other villains. The Lord someone or the, the one that uh, like the lord of the ooze or something like that yeah ivan ooze that's who ivan it was. Ooze. yeah that's what that's it was. A, why do i know that i've never seen that movie so why do i know that? yeah i don't know why i don't know the thing that is taking up space in your Wait, brain is that the guy with the melty purple face yeah something like that yeah the, even i remember that and i never saw the, the movie. lord of the ooze um it's getting very upset about I know, I know. Alan's, Alan's in the chat. And he's, he's very, uh, very uh, animated about because he's he loves Power Rangers and. Uh, uh, you have Alan play. I I, I feel like he, I would. I feel like wow. I, no, 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 no. See, I I feel like Alan should run the game because I feel like if I like mess up any little thing about the Power Rangers because I'm not a Power like literally ah. I've watched a couple hours. <laughs> that would be why Alan would need to play because every time you make a mistake, Alan would just go. Oh. Yeah, I, I think I think oh. I would make Alan's brain melt. <laughs> He'd just be glaring at you. So, oh, Doug, what are you doing? That's, that's not okay. Fine, Alan, you can you can play in the Power Rangers game. Just 
I feel bad if I'm gonna like mess it up and not <laughs> not use the ring. Okay, so let's just talk a little bit about this. So the last couple of days, I've been reading this Power Rangers. Yeah, RPG, no, see, and, Alan, and, you know, like Alan says, he's not that kind of player. He's I've not been. I, I know he's not. I know he's not. And I'm just, uh, but <laughs> so so I, I pinged Alan to see if he had, he had read this uh, this RPG because you know I know he's a super fan of, of Power Rangers. And it, Alan yeah, has a lot of RPGs. Yeah, and we were just talking. We were just ca- casually talking back and forth. And I said something like, "I said like, yeah, they, they have a lot of terms that they don't really talk about. Like they don't explain early on, like Zoids." And he's like, "Doug, it's Zords. Zoids was a Zoids. totally different yeah. show. Zoids, <laughs> I actually like." <laughs> and I'm, like I'm like, "See, I told you. See, and that's the thing that I'm clearly afraid. I have no I'm idea what's happening here. Literally, literally afraid." That I'm going to say something stupid like well, I say stupid stuff, stuff stupid like that all the time, but like uh, I'm going to get called out by, by yeah, a literal, a literal phone fans. call in the middle of the game. Yeah. Doug's phone will go off. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing what now? <laughs> uh, but Alan, if you'd like to play in our, our in our Power Rangers RPG in our, our Power Rangers actual play, Shit. you're more than welcome to. Uh, just. Be prepared that I'm probably going to mess up a lot of uh, a lot of the lore and a lot of the terminology just because that's what I do. What's what's the thing that you hold when you get ready to to morph called the uh, pop quiz? Oh, I do know this because because I was uh, they do they do announce they do a good job of explaining like different things in the book. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember what the the thing is. They're like, it's Morphin time. <laughs> well, it's different in every series, is it not? The Morphin coin. Yes, see? The Morphin coin. That's one thing I did actually kind of remember was they have a different thing that they transform with every time. Yeah, I... I, I... Is it even call transforming? Can we call it like, that? What's or that? I guess it's just morphing? It's not transforming, right? No, no. Okay. I promise I'm not making fun of this on purpose at this point. I, I genuinely I, don't know. So, <laughs> no, I'm I'm excited. We're gonna have a good good cast, and and Alan, if you're you're more than welcome to join us, and and uh, you can be the Pink Ranger if you want, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's it's super fun and uh, it's interesting. It's it's an interesting system. Uh, I'm not sure if it's gonna be one of my favorite systems, but I kind of get what they're trying to do with it because now that I've watched a you know a few episodes of power rangers and seen how over the top it is like okay i can kind of understand the point of power rangers i believe Mm -hmm. well yeah but i don't like i don't really watch power rangers i don't know what the heck they're doing um i i can understand why 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 the system is the way it is let's just say that we'll see we'll we'll see how it plays out though uh, on the ninth but tonight but tonight we have we have questions. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got questions, viewer questions. Feel free to let us know in the chat uh, what uh, what you'd like us to, to answer for questions. Uh, <laughs> Rodrigo says, "Will you guys do the moves of the table, the morphin moves?" I, I will be disappointed if they don't. Let's just say that. Yeah. It's morphin time. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there was one question that John uh, asked way up at the beginning of the, the show, at the start of the show. Let's uh, go back up and, uh, and get his back question. Time. Uh, it was, John says, 
Rebirth of Battletech. Thoughts? Wait. This feels very pointed at me. I don't. I don't know what that. Uh, I don't know what that is. That, is that a Ben? That's a Ben question. That's a. That's a. Hey, why isn't Ben already playing this uh, Battletech game with me? Is is, uh, is what that is? What the new um, other new release of the tabletop? Oh yeah, yeah. They've been. Uh, they've been. They've been putting. Uh, putting all that in there. Oh. What, what, what was this? We need the feature presentation. Yeah, we got to do the. Ron says we got to do the feature presentation. I forgot. I totally forgot. Wait, sorry. sorry. Thank you, Ron, for, for uh, calling okay. me out. Here we go. To make it official for the Ask Us Anything or AMA. It's time. It's time for here, here you go. It's time. And now, our feature presentation. All right. So yeah, so this is the part of, part of the show where, where the viewers get to take over and ask us questions as to what uh, what topics you'd like us to chat about. We'll take we'll try to keep it all under within. We'll try to keep a five minute. Uh, uh, so I'm not allowed to talk then. We'll try to keep it under five, five minutes if we can. That's what you're saying. I'll try, I'll try to see if I can't get uh, a five minute timer going and, and on the screen. Uh, what is this that Alan say? Alan says, "Give me Farscape, you cowards." Who? Who do you want to give you Farscape, Alan? I mean, pretty sure you can stream that on TV. Uh, let's see here. Alagash says, "Did any of you get in on the Avatar Kickstarter? Looked at the quick start. Both my boys, nineteen and seventeen, love the show, and a nine-year-old daughter that would have disowned me if I didn't get it. Did by show of hands, did any of us back the Avatar Kickstarter?" I'm I no. I didn't, thought about it. Did not. I didn't back it. I downloaded the quick start though. I I I backed it. I, uh, just, I, I went I went all in just because. Dice. What's that? I just wanted the dice. The dice yeah. are really beautiful. <laughs> the dice there is beautiful. a lot of content there, and I felt like for for what they were asking for the uh, the the pledge level, it was an insanely insanely good value. Mm -hmm. Um. Whether or not I play it, of course, that's that's another one of these things that kind of came along after I was, uh, you know, as a kid. So uh, it's not really an IP that I'm, I'm really familiar about, but I felt that that price that they were asking for, like the all-in pledge. The yeah, price, I, the price on that was fantastic. The yeah. value was there. If you were remotely interested in the system or the setting, and if you are into both tabletop RPGs and Avatar, it should have been an instant buy for you. Plus, it was. Plus, it was yeah. good. Uh, we did a whole episode on on uh, on what we think we thought that uh, if we thought the uh, Avatar Legends uh, Kickstarter was going to change the uh, the RPG the indie RPG uh, market at all because it and, went uh, bananas. Yeah, it just was. It was crazy. Uh, if you haven't, I'll try to keep an annotation here uh, on. Uh, so you can you can check that out. It was about an hour long. We talked about that. Um, I thought That's it was why great... I didn't back it right there, Patty. Uh, Patty, it, Patty does say uh, it's a PBTA <laughs> game, it and is a I love Powered game. by the Apocalypse. But my interest in Powered by the Apocalypse is one hundred percent cyberpunk. Interesting. After that, none. See, the only reason I didn't back it is just because generally, if something is like super successful like that, I'm like, okay, so this is gonna at some point just be available it's gonna happen and i'm just gonna buy it as a pdf on drive through whenever it's out and i generally save my kickstarter backing for like smaller projects from creators that it's like yeah you really need every person 
backing this to make it happen. Yeah, it definitely it definitely felt a little bit more of a pre-order kind of thing more than anything else. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that they anticipated it being as popular oh, no. as they thought it, it was going to be. I don't think they expected it to be the runaway train that it was, but once it was mm. clear that that's the direction it was going, it was like, I don't really feel a sense of urgency to back this because eventually it will be available and I can just buy it normally. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will say that the Magpie does put out uh, really high quality, they do. really good yeah. quality uh, items. So I I, I'm not. Uh, uh, that was another. Artistically, it's amazing it. looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think, and, and it has a whole bunch of names that that, that I'm uh, of people that are working on it. They're contributing to it that, that I'm a fan of. So you know, part of me was like, okay, I know I can probably get a copy of this at retail, but you know, I also want to see. Uh, you know, I also want a. I want the value, and b. I want to support the the folks that are that are behind it. Um, yeah, I'll probably pick up, even though I forget what pledge level I picked up. But I'll probably pick up a regular copy. At, you said uh, at, something uh, about going like ham on that, Doug. I did. I, well, no. What I did. What I did was I backed it at the PDF level to begin with, and then in the backer kit, I found it. At some all. point, you were like, "Actually, no. I changed my mind. I yeah. want everything." Well, I remember we took, we talked about that a bit too because you you got you got the all in. Give me all the goodies. I want all the bells and whistles pledge. Yeah, I think I think just because the the value was there, and, and uh, so I, I decided to go all in on it, and you know. We'll see. Uh, I'm still waiting on the root Kickstarter from them as well, which is a little bit, which is behind, uh, but it should be, you know, out here shortly. Um, and that was kind of one of the, that's another game that I was really excited about. I, I think my interest has kind of waned a little bit on it uh, just because I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know how I think root had its time in the sun and now it's, it's still a great game, still a great board game. The art is phenomenal. I'm just not as excited to play in that setting and in that world than as, as I was like a year year and a half ago so um I hope that it's still very successful for them when when it does come finally get to get to shelves uh yeah at 90 bucks you got a lot yeah you did it was it was quite a bit it was quite a bit so that that was another reason why and uh, I'll, I'll like I said I'll more than likely pick another copy pick another copy out I'll have to take a look and see what what pledge level I back that at uh Ron says are you going to do any tiny D6 live plays this year? Well, you know. Can we? There, 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 <laughs> there, there is somebody in this chat that could probably answer that question for us. Can, can we can we get Stompy later this year? I mean. I would really like to get Stompy later this year. I'm thinking that maybe <laughs> once it comes to retail, maybe we, we, we can probably do an, an actual play. If only we knew the, the publisher and the designer. If only. Might, might come on and help us with that. And let us um, let us play play giant robots. Yeah, giant I mean monsters. You know, kick the crap out of each other as giant robots and giant monsters. You know, I, I it does have a have a release date here pretty soon. I know that uh, they're still working that? on uh, some of the the fine details <laughs> on it, but uh, may, maybe he's probably not even in the chat anymore. <laughs> he, did, he did say I, he was I, I would like to use this oh, guy as my giant leaving? monster. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ron, we'll uh, we'll maybe reach out to Alan and see if he wants to do uh, uh, Mechas of Monsters uh, and second Monsters edition so on the fun. show. So That's always fun. We have we have a good time with Alan. Alan uh, Alan's definitely the the one to that we go to for our tiny D six layout. Okay. Oh, Alan's like it, it's in layout. Yes, yes. I think I saw that in the last uh, last Kickstarter update. Last Kickstarter update because I read those. 
I in great detail, unlike some people. Read them. They show yeah, up in my inbox. I feel like you I read go, the title. Maybe, maybe. What if you do. just want to be surprised when it shows up randomly on your doorstep? That's. I mean. <laughs> that would be dug too. Case. Open a box. Up. But I didn't even think this was in production. <laughs> that's the case for 2022. I think. I think that's going to be the theme. Uh, let's see here. What? Want to hear something really Barney? weird, Doug? I currently don't have any Kickstarters fulfilling right now. You don't have any what? Not even in their home stretch stages. Like I, I've, I don't have what? any actives. Oh, I don't have any actives either. I don't believe you. That is so I don't. weird. I, yeah, it's been a weird thing. And even with the the Simon uh, Marvel zombies, I, so I, I was I was hoping to to kind of back that, but I I'm not going to back that. It's just too much. It's and now they just added another add on where you have to add forty dollars for the zombie Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, yeah, it's, oh. it's another it's another. <laughs> That's what Alan was talking about. Hit box for you. <laughs> Yeah, we found that out about Barney live on stream. Oh yeah, Alan says that Barney never reads his emails and he misses his rewards. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, so let's. Uh... So, so Doug, I can actually swing back to to John's question. Or oh, sure. that yes. was Sorry. that was a little bit pointed at me, but um, I think there is something to actually kind of talk about there with regards to the resurgence that BattleTech is seeing. Um, they've done really well on Kickstarter since we're mm -hmm. kind of talking about Kickstarter a little bit. Nice. Uh, but the biggest problem is it's impossible to stock as a store. Once these things hit the Kickstarter, there's so little product available left over for retail yep. that it's impossible to put in a store. And it's so hard to support it in that regard. We have customers coming to us almost weekly being like, hey, can you order this particular pack? Can you order this particular kit? And I'm like, yeah. no. Like... They don't, have, they don't have it, it anymore. It's just not it's out there. Catalyst has it, and yeah. um, it is great to see BattleTech having this resurgence. And and we have two people that come into our shop every week and play it, and it's generating some buzz. But I can't get anything more off of it. And I I really hope that uh, this is something Catalyst is is seeing and is noticing on their own, and will actually when they continue to kickstart new things uh, and also maybe put some things into, into reprints uh, sooner rather than later, because there's definitely a crest, uh, you know, a wave that's coming up here with this, this battle tech getting this resurgence. And if it, they can't capitalize on it. I'm, I'm worried the game will just kind of slide back into like tier tier yeah. C kind of level of, of miniature game again. Uh, and it could be, could be pretty big going forward. So uh, if, anyone from catalyst hears this uh i mean I, I think that they all kind of download this podcast I, and listen. I had a friend of mine who went to their last convention he was there the whole convention he saw all of the new promo stuff all of the new models Yo, coming out, all that yeah, stuff. and after at the convention itself they had models people were literally livid by the time they left because they had enough models for maybe 10 percent of the congors yeah people uh, swarmed the booth and were just like i want this i want that and by the time like the first day was over they had nothing left except for starter kits and everyone everyone already had the starter kit they even went into town actually kind of funnily enough they went into town to all of the local game stores and bought everything they had for <laughs> BattleTech and brought it back to the convention hall wow oh geez. oh wow yeah no yeah. i i've been at a, a few conventions with the catalyst folks and and 
you know, uh, they're, they're super like, nice and, and they're, they they're, just they just I, can't keep up with the demand right now. Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's great that uh, they're seeing a resurgence and and uh, you know, it's one of those things. It, where it sucks when you go into a store and you've got like the basics and you want to pick up something specific to make you know your mm-hmm. favorite lance of of mechs or whatever to go and toe to toe with your buddy and they have no ETA. Like when when you go to a well, like even locally here, uh, my store that I go to in Edmonton, they have no ETA on when they might get more models at all. Every time they ask, it's just we'll let you know when they when we get them. We'll let you know you can have them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that's that's kind of the same thing with with a lot of you know, I want to say smaller publishers, but publishers where you know. I mean, it's definitely something that they can't overproduce right. because costs are so high right now. That could actually risk really right. hurting the well, company as well. They, yeah, they even admitted that's why they didn't go high on production initially. They were worried that if it didn't get really popular really quickly, that they would be left with a bunch of skews. To, you know. and, and I'm sure that they have to have so many print runs of any of so, of those mechs to like make it worthwhile in order to you know I yeah you know. Know. where they get them produced uh i mean china. it's probably china. probably out of china yeah i uh i would wager i don't know off the top of my head but i would look at a uh i would look at a package at my store tomorrow and tell you but i can't because <laughs> oh. you don't have any packages <laughs> to look at because <laughs> he can't get any <laughs> well I'm, I'm really excited that uh, i'm really happy that uh, you know we're ser- starting to see games that uh, see resurgence like that so uh rodriguez says it's hard to find here in brazil yeah it's, it's hard hard to find everywhere <laughs> well just imagine if you can't get it in north america and, and places like brazil mm. they're they're even further down the chain of distribution in a lot of cases that's like, true that's true <laughs> Best of luck. <laughs> uh, Vanderbeek has a question that says, uh, when looking at a Kickstarter, how do you decide that something has enough value to go all in? Does anybody uh, want to start? Anybody want to It's start? all Jason? setting for me. Is it all 100% setting? 100% setting. I don't care if you have a handful of cool minis. I don't care if you've got lots of flashy carry-on bits and bobs. Uh, I want content that I can use. Like, don't give me one adventure and call it a day. I want to have, a, like, books of stuff as content. That matters more to me than fancy dice or, um, you know, high-res whatnots and so forth and, you know, up-jumped up map qualities and stuff like that. That That's fine, but if you don't have a lot of setting content, I'm not going to go all in on your stuff. Interesting. Um, for me... Uh, I'll interject here just for a second. Uh, it depends on the camp type of campaign. Um, if it's a board game or a minis minis game, it a depends on the price point and what you're going to get for that uh, for that your dollar amount. Um, the other thing that that also and this kind of applies with with the RPGs uh, Kickstarters is the quality of the products that I've received previously from, you know, especially if it's somebody that's uh, uh, or a company that's that's already done a previous Kickstarter that I've backed previously. Um, 
you know, if, if I've been a fan of the quality of the, the work that they've put out, then that uh, that usually has something to do with it. A lot of it depends on on the company itself, too. Um, if, if I'm a fan of the company, sometimes I don't go all in, but I will definitely pledge. I've been known to pledge even for just a PDF copy uh, if I'm a fan of the company, just because I know that that PDF pledge is going to help fund whatever projects they're kickstarting. Uh, especially with with, uh, with with RPGs, um, so I've done that quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, I, there, there's. I think I I, I think the, the the most important thing is just the the amount of value that you get in return for your for your for your dollars worth. I mean, even if it's a whole bunch of PDFs, you know. I'll back something for 50 bucks if I get like 100 PDFs and they're all like 20 pages long and they're all content that I'll probably use. You know, it just depends on on what you're getting in, in return. I I don't know. Uh, Amanda, Ben, what, what what are your thoughts on on uh, when you decide if something is enough value to go all in? Uh, so I don't go all in on Kickstarters ever. <laughs> I, <laughs> my MO is always basically, uh, the, if it's like, uh, if it, usually I only ever back comics and, um, RPGs and occasionally board games. And it's just, what is the minimum in which I get the thing that I want, preferably in physical version. I don't do all in for anything ever because even when something is a very, good value it's usually still a lot of dollars and my personal budget does not account for that sort of thing and having been on the other side of kickstarters um usually those high tier ones they're like the really high tier ones like they try to as someone who runs a campaign you're trying to offer a lot of value for that but it is usually something where you're getting a lot of profit margin that's where a lot of the cushion in your campaign comes from and that's like an opportunity basically for people to just show an excessive amount of support because they believe in your project and it's not like the the like proportion of cost to profit on those is not usually the same as it is on the lower tiers and it's there because there are people who will have the disposable income who are going to just be super gung-ho about your project and you want to be able to encourage that and to have that outlet for people to give that extra and feel like they're getting a little bit something for it but as someone who runs has run kickstarters as well you don't expect that from anybody it's like it's cool if that happens but it's not expected and it's not like oh i hope that tons of people do it you're just like ah, i hope a couple people do it it'd be great <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense like sure. kickstarters are when they're well constructed they're constructed so that the bulk of people can do what i do which is just purchase the minimum to get the basic thing and still be successful and make ends meet and end up with a profit so yeah. then uh, as a as a game store, what do you uh, usually look at for uh, for when you go all in on a Kickstarter? As as far as a uh, uh, so yeah, game store, yeah. Uh, as a retailer, uh, I need a retail tier if I'm going to go all in on the Kickstarter. I can't buy it at MSRP to bring it into the store. That's just not going to work. Um, I don't want anything 
that backers can get through their tiers that I can't get at, if I also back it at a retail tier. So uh, exclusive Kickstarter exclusives are fine, but if there is something exclusive to uh, the retail or pardon me to the non-retail backers, then then I'm out because why should anyone buy it from my store when they're going to be missing out on something that they could get directly through the Kickstarter? Uh, the opposite, I feel a little bit the same about as well. If there is a exclusive that is for retail Kickstarter backers that regular backers don't get, that's kind of a red flag too because how you now you're expecting your your hardcore supporters to purchase a copy from them directly and from a retailer once it gets there. Um, one of the games that did this was um it was one of the um the ghostbusters games that was put out there they had a mm. retailer exclusive um which was good i kind of like that because i could market that as my store but then they also made regular backer exclusive so they did both things so if you wanted to collect everything for this game as an end user you had to buy it twice essentially mm. and that just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth um, well, I, 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 I don't made, know if it's hard i mean in in the long run it's it's still directing folks to support them as a company and sure. to support their your local game store if they gotta sure. have it all sure um but is that really what you want to do as a product like i I get wanting to support the company directly. I get wanting to support your local game store. Those things are often at odds with each other. Um, it's it's very hard for people to do both. Um, yeah. Because obviously, if a company is going to sell it to a distributor who then sells it to the game, the end game store, the price for the base publisher, they're not making as much on it as if they just sell directly. Um, but uh yeah i it's it's one of those things that i think retailers and backers should be treated pretty much evenly uh but of course i'm trying to sell your product after the fact so i need some sort of incentive to carry it and that would be a a a, a wholesale pricing on it uh if that is appropriate um i would say if uh, if we have people that are thinking of, of starting a Kickstarter, pay attention. It needs to be at least a 40% margin if there's free shipping. If you're gonna charge for shipping, we need to have a 50% margin on it for most stores to take a look at stuff. Or it needs to be the best thing since sliced bread. And- uh, <laughs> Right? So free uh, league. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> free, free League's Kickstarters are very retail friendly. I've backed several right. of them as, as a store. Um, they are very good to work with as a, as a retailer. So uh, we do pay some shipping on them, but their margins make up for it. Alan wants to know, what if yeah. a Kickstarter that only fulfilled through game stores? Um, I think that would be bad for you as a game publisher. To offer that mm. i don't think there are enough game stores that are willing to tie up money in kickstarter i don't think there are enough game stores that are just paying attention to kickstarter to really make it worthwhile 
I love the idea in concept. It's fantastic in concept. I would worry it would be detrimental to the publisher. Plus, you get a lot of folks that, that, that probably would never pick up their items from the store. I mean, that's that's not a problem. After, you know, 60 days of right. abandoned property, <laughs> I, I can resell, I can yeah, resell it yeah, again. Yeah, but but say they, they show up after that 60 days or 120 days or something and go, oh, yeah, no, I'm finally in this yeah, area. I mean, pick it up. Like, I, there just seems to be a lot of sure. issues that that, that, that would that would there would trigger. There would be a lot of logistical issues that a game store would have to figure out if they were going to ship, if they were going to hold, how long they were going to hold, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, there are just some so, people that don't have local game stores. Their game yeah, stores yeah. are are hours away by driving, or sometimes they're online only for them. So what, um, what happens when so, when some of us have have marginally friendly local game stores right. or unfriendly local game stores, as the case <laughs> might be? <laughs> yeah. well, let's just, let's just say something happens to their their inventory while they're in the store. Like, say you have a pipe burst, and all of a sudden all your oh, inventory yeah. is like you know. <sighs> I mean, that's what, that's what insurance is for. It can be yeah, super but hard. That, that's on the store instead of now on yeah. the, the publisher. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know. I mean, that's that's just retail. Like once yeah, once I've no, committed to buy something, it's product. It may not be product in my store for over a year. Looking at you, Kickstarters, I've backed in 2021. And uh, <laughs> but uh, but I understand there's delays, there's production things. Um, and, and like I said, not every store can afford to put money out there uh with a kickstarter that is definitely a a consideration that publishers who use kickstarter should think about um and and try to find that balance that works uh if there are enough publishers that are interested in their game uh for retail i i do think that uh you're going to i think over these next five years you're gonna see some changes to the Kickstarter or the, this this crowdfunding model, I think that I think the way it is right now, I think is not sustained. Especially if, if costs and everything continue to keep going up, I think you're going to see some. I don't I don't know how, I don't know what it's going to be, and I I'm not even I'm just I I, I believe that you're going to see some sort of change in in the way things are are done. With if it doesn't, it's going to quickly become a very exclusive sort of thing mm -hmm. because a lot of people are going to get priced out of it very quickly mm -hmm. yeah i mean there are some there are some stores that make a uh, a business out of just doing kickstarters right um there's one that i've spoken to and they're super successful and they they are fantastic they're on top of it but even they have their own proprietary algorithm and decision making process of what they back and it it has to do with what their potential return on investment is. If it's not there, yeah, get a franchise going of, of as seen on Kickstarter, like they have the as seen on TV store. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see here. Let's get to uh, another question uh, or a comment here. It says uh, the advanced age role playing gamers. Hello, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I like Kickstarters with a low bar of entry. Uh, so if I'm not 100% sure, I'll play the game. At least uh, I'll get some good reading material. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I am with some of the, the Kickstarters. Um, the core pledge has to be the driving force of the Kickstarter. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the guts the guts and nuts and the bolts and all that sort of thing that you get as a core has to be the intended primary purchase. Because if you don't do it that way, then like I, I my follow-up comment to him was like, that's fine, but 
if the advanced stuff ends up becoming so prolific that you get the basic version and you get the advanced version and they look like two different games because mm-hmm. you've and you've and you have the fomo thing then like you may not be able to afford this fancy higher level pledge and right. sometimes it's only little things and that's fine but when or, it's or, like 25 extra minis or 17 extra maps and 14 extra scenarios that's where you, you feel like you've got a lesser product at that point I feel like you're just keep you keep bashing minis, Jason. For like, you know, you I love it, dude. Up to like, dude. What, what, what do you get against my minis, man? I don't have you. Do, you have money I've bought because of you. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, I'll start thumping on you, <laughs> not the minis. <laughs> um, a lot of times, what I'll do is I it, like like you said. There's there's gonna be that low bar- barrier, man, uh, low bar of entry. Uh, a lot of times, what I'll do is, and I I think I did this. I yeah, I'm pretty sure I did this with the root RPG. I might have done this with the, the Avatar RPG, where where I'll back it at that that lower rate uh, for like the PDF, just to kind of see what you know it's gonna be like. And then usually after the Kickstarter ends and you get some of the updates and you got to see some of the progress and you see kind of more and more of the effort that's going into it, you go, oh, well, now they're doing this and this is going to look like this. Yeah, no, I do want all the fancy schmancy stuff. So here's more money in the All right, you convinced kit. me. Yeah. <laughs> Take my money. Flip, flip, flip. <laughs> uh, let's see here. The advanced age role player gamers asked us, uh, also asked, what do you think of Savage Worlds doing their own crowdfunding? A lot of places I didn't know are they doing, were doing that. A lot of places are doing their own crowdfunding now. Uh, Alan yeah. just started his own with Gallant Knight mm-hmm, mm-hmm. funding. Um, and you're going to see more and more people moving away from Kickstarter for a number of reasons. GameFound is starting to get some popularity. I'm seeing more Game ads for Found that. GameFound is, is getting a lot more traction now. At least, at the very least, a lot more people are checking it out and considering yeah. it as an option because they want to move away from Kickstarter. Um, and uh, right now, I think everything like I think a lot of people are going to be trying to do it on their own, and whether or not that becomes the standard or not is remains to be seen. Something is going to change, though, and there's going to be more of a movement away from Kickstarter as the one and only platform, because if nothing else, the recent announcements from Kickstarter have kind of woken everybody up to the fact that Kickstarter has become far too central to the way that a lot of RPGs and other games are funded (laughs) and manufactured. And it's just not a good idea to have all your eggs in one basket like that. And so everyone's kind of like, oh, maybe we should start looking for alternatives. Maybe we should diversify our options just to a lot of people. It. I think don't. A lot of people just genuinely didn't think that it would ever become a problem, and now it has. Which is kind of silly because, like, any time that there is only one option, it's going to become a problem. I think it's kind of naive to think that there's only one option. This could only be good forever. Monopolies right? are never good for business. <laughs> Monopolies are our friend. It's fine. <laughs> the, the the one thing that, that I have that that I, I've said right along on, on a couple shows here is that the one thing that that game found hasn't done that i think that kickstarter has become and i think that they need to change it immediately if they want to start gaining more and more traction as a crowdfunding platform uh for the the uh the tabletop industry is that i know i know we keep using this this term that the uh, kickstarter is a crowdfunding platform it's really not 
It's it's really, really not right now, especially for the, the tabletop industry. It's a social media platform. Like it really, really is. It's it's a place where you know people and companies build a community to, to put their money together. And like you can see what I mean, Jason gets emails from me every every five every five minutes, you know, <laughs> as to what I'm backing. I get you know emails as to what Alan's backing, and I can go take a look and see what, what he's spending his money on. And and it's it's then Ben rolls out there and backs a headset. Right. And I'm like, what the heck is that? <laughs> and I actually did look at it though. <laughs> so GameFound needs to figure out that that's the direction that the Kickstarter went and that's what's made it thrive and that's what's that's what's made it become this juggernaut in the industry. And I hope that they do uh implement this uh, you know more kind of to make it more of not just a dollars and cents kind of okay, we're 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 we've got this much people, this many people pledging for this amount. So we've unlocked this stretch goal. I, I think it's great. I love the layout of GameFound. I'm not saying that GameFound isn't a great platform. It seems to be doing really well. I think that if they want to take it to the next level and gain even more market share, they need to make it more of a social media platform more than, more that, than anything else. Incorporate that social aspect. Yeah. Of it, yeah. I really it, don't want to have to start joining Kickstarter servers. for things. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's just what uh, I, I think you're going to see more and more. And I, I'm surprised, and I think I've said this on maybe a previous episode, I can't remember, but I'm surprised that that Simon hasn't already kind of abandoned the Kickstarter the Kickstarter platform with the amount of money that they would have saved. I mean, it, you look it, at it, you look it's at advertising. It's advertising. It's well, an I, advertising I, I realize right this. I realize this, Ben. But you have to look at it. How much? How many? This is their fiftieth Kickstarter. Their Kickstarters. They have how many Kickstarters? Yeah, you can't. You can't run your fiftieth Kickstarter not on Kickstarter. Well, <laughs> I, I realize this, but I'm just saying that like they've got some of the highest funded Kickstarter tabletop uh, campaigns. Mm-hmm. Of all time, I, I I don't know. I don't have access to the top ten list, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be willing to say that they probably have at least three of the top ten. Three of those fifty uh, kickstarters are in the top ten, and then I would wonder how many are in at least the top twenty-five. I would say probably at least thirty percent of those kickstarters are in the top twenty-five. You would think. That instead of and and I, I haven't done the math. I should have done the math, and and I should have known that this question was going to come up because or this topic was going to get cut, get brought up. But if you add up all of the dollars that they've that they've crowdfunded on on Kickstarter, and then and then you take that percentage that Kickstarter has taken from them, you would think that they would come up with their own option for for crowdfunding at this point. No. I, I that's it, just it, 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 it's too it's too good for the advertising. It's too good for the advertising. It's it gets pushed to people that may not see it as a tabletop game, but they're interested in comics for for no extra effort on their part. Same thing comes around the other way. If you're interested in comics on Kickstarter, but you see this, you may all of a sudden pick it up. It's just too centralized a platform with too much built-in advertising oh, to abandon. So no matter how much money, it's still a percentage. And if you would spend that much marketing the game to drive people to your own site, 
then it's it's hard to walk away from Kickstarter. And if you do walk away from Kickstarter, props to you for doing so, Alan. Looking at you, but like it's it's hard to walk away from that type of that type of advertising. There's nothing from Simon in the top twenty on Kickstarter. What do you, what for, do you mean for games or overall? For uh, overall. Yeah, for overall, no, I, I don't think they make the top twenty. But Kingdom Death Monster and Critical Role, Exploding Kittens, and what, what, the what about Zombicide Black Black Plague or Zombicide Green Horde nope. was was way up there. Not in the top twenty. Not according mm-hmm. to the list I'm looking at anyway. Lots I, of watches. I, <laughs> watches. The number what one. The number one watches? Kickstarter. Uh, oh, the, was it was that was uh, a, a thing yeah. called Pebble Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one of those. $20 million. I'm, I'm saying just the tabletop campaigns. $20 million. J- Jason, not, not of the whole the whole entire uh, platform. But anyway. 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 Well, the, the 20th, uh, the 20th, the top 20th Kickstarter on this list for, for all of them uh, is at $5.5 5 That's a Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is a uh, ripoff of uh, Castlevania from the looks of it. <laughs> Uh, hungry ass. What IP would you go all in for that hasn't been done yet? Ooh. Oh man, as a role play game, or as a, like as a role play game, or just any kind of. I, I'll I'll be I'll be honest with you that like, if there was a like if if Simon announced. That they were doing a Transformers minis board game like they did for Masters of the Universe, I would be all in. Like I don't care. Like give me I, the the Marvel Zombies price point. Jason's fine. Phase. Fine. <laughs> Just, you could get a you could get a GoBots like add on. I'm not. No, well, you're too. not. No, no, you're not. <laughs> Sorry. I had to. Barney's not here. I had to. Had to throw it up there. He's right. Barney's not here to make. I would. I, I literally would. Would be like, okay. I. I want Transformers minis. Like, just. Just to hand them over. And you'd have to make two of each. You'd have to make like a the robot, and then you'd make the uh, the alternate form, whatever. Cars, you want yeah. them to be um, actually transformable? No. Let's see. I think that that would be too much. And you couldn't Come paint on. those. You wouldn't be able to paint them, Jason. You would. They come apart. No. Just pop them together as you build them. No, that's parts forming. Nobody likes parts formings in their Transformers. Come on, man. Are you a real tr- Transformers fan? You're not. So okay. no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Not at all. I mean, I don't have a problem with the Transformers, but I am not a fanboy like Douglas. <laughs> uh, I'm so confused. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> Rodriguez says, what 80s IP you guys would like to see becoming an, an RPG? Um, I would love to see a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles RPG. I would love to see a Streets Sharks, a Street Sharks RPG. Is it, is I would it, isn't that basically see... just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? But no, because it's it's Street Sharks. I would um, love to see. You know what they need is just a uh, an '80s Saturday mornings cartoon, like GURP style thing. Well, that's kind of where, like that's there's like a, a, a megaverse of all of them. Mm-hmm. You can play and have supplements for Isn't each what, individual no, one. I swear that exists already. Yeah, I said very well. <laughs> I, I I think that rather than because the problem is a lot of these IPs, like you look at um, 
uh, like, well, heck, even He-Man. There's not a lot to mine for for content there. Mm-hmm. Like, even GI Joe, like, you're just doing it's it's an action movie. It's an action movie game. Um, but like for for like a, a setting, it's it's you're not going to get like a an 180 page book on any of those i don't think anyway i, I swear <laughs> this is a thing that already exists i can't remember what it's called but anyway the street so so alan's calling me out street street sharks was a 90s uh, property I, I apologize i apologize i uh, just because it, it kind of like yes, tiny saturday morning yes, yes. Exa- yeah. exactly that tiny saturday i was morning. thinking of a different one but yeah I Micro, Micronauts isn't that isn't that spelled micro Micronauts is one of them. Um, like that, I'm it? trying to think of what else. Yeah, but yeah. I did love Micronauts, Acroyer, and all those guys. No, those guys no were GH amazing. in it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I'm not. I'm not 100 though. I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. We got Mask. Mask would be a cool. Uh, I like the RPG. Uh, actually, I like the toys from Micronauts because they were small. But yeah. um, yeah, 80s IP. I don't know. I I think. I, I think I can sum up 80s IP and uh, a, an IP I would go all in for if they were to come out. And I have no idea how it would actually work. But if you give me a Legend of Zelda roleplay game, I'm in. That would be pretty cool. I'm, I'm in. I'm not quite sure how you do it with the whole like Hero of Time thing. Uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't lend itself to party mm. play. It'd be more an individual thing. But um, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Alan, <laughs> you mean the tiny Saturday mornings game that I ran on Doug's yes. channel three but times? No. Yeah, I know that that one exists, Alan. There was another one too that I was thinking of, and I can't remember what it is. But anyway, I was born in 1986, so I don't know. So you should definitely know all these uh, 80s RP, 80s IPs. Um, no, because I don't remember things from when I, I was two years old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to be honest, I'm, I'm not a uh, let's see here. Comment in the chat says uh, from Allagash says. Uh, to be honest, I'm I'm not a big fan of IPs turned into RPGs. Apologies to half of really games. Uh, it feels like baggage. I don't want to know that much about the world. Yeah, I mean there is that kind of thing. Like that that was a that's a thing for a lot of folks. Like, but and and this kind of goes back to to why I feel uncomfortable. You know, I I'm really gun shy about running the one ring and Mm -hmm. and uh as you should be because ben and i will roast you right exactly exactly. you're you're worried about alan coming on for power rangers where i would watch that show just just try it doug just try to run the one ring i you know i and that's that's kind of why i was nervous that's what i was trying to think yeah cartoon action hour um, that was the one I was trying. To that, that's also kind of why I'm, I'd be nervous running Power Rangers for for Alan. But if Alan would be okay with it, then I, I would be Alan okay. would be perfectly fine with yeah. it. <laughs> he's not that kind of guy. And, I know he's and not. And I and I really feel Dear Ghost comment here too is that like for so like for a lot of IPs, I'm just like I feel no need to play an RPG in this world. Like the thing that I like about this setting or about this story is not like it's not necessarily the setting i don't necessarily want to play in that sandbox i like that story and the characters and i don't necessarily feel the need to go to that sandbox so like several years ago when like the first 
Firefly RPG came out, and I was like, why the hell do you want to play a Firefly RPG? Like, yeah. just go watch <laughs> Firefly. Like, it's fun because the characters are fun. This world is just kind of basic mm -hmm. and derivative. I don't see what the point of playing in this is. Whereas, like, I enjoy, I enjoy playing, like, alien games. I've always enjoyed the alien games because the setting does a good, the game does a good job of evoking the kind of like it's just space horror and the alien is going to mm. come mess you up yeah it's it's the it's the, the feeling the, more than the setting right and the yeah. game does a good job of evoking that feeling i like modifius's um star trek games because they do the same thing is that you play that game and you feel like you're on the bridge of a starship and that you feel like you're in a Star Trek. And these are also worlds that are a little more expansive and have included lots of different casts of characters and settings and storylines. So it's easier to like throw another set of them in as opposed to some properties where it's like, you have one cast of like five characters and the world is only ever experienced through their view, but we're going to make a whole RPG about it now. <laughs> it's like, but yeah. where do I fit in in this? <laughs> and everybody wants to be the main cast. Like in the yeah, Firefly right. RPG, everybody wants correct. to be one right. of those characters. No, no, and that's just insufferable. Like, I don't want to deal with yeah. your your crappy improvisation. Hour. No, that's God, when yeah. no, everyone brings their their own oh, uh, version of Jane to the no, table. And it's like, oh boy, it. here we go. <laughs> that just sounds miserable. <laughs> that's kind of why I never really ever picked up a lot of IP based RPGs. Because no. it's kind of like a natural evolution, you know. Any kind of any like the Expanse has its own RPG now. Mm. Uh, I have no interest. I love the world of the Expanse. I love the show. I love the books, but I don't think I would enjoy playing in that world. Uh, it just, I don't think I could. It's very bleak. I don't well, I'm okay with that part of it. It's just I don't think that it would really feel like the Expanse to role play at the table in that. Just because I don't, I'm not that invested in the franchise that I could, you know, reliably portray a person living in that universe. And I don't want it, like, there's, I find there's, like, what's the point of playing in, like, a, an, an IP world if you're not going to really be playing like you're in that IP world? It could be any setting then. It doesn't really matter. You're just slapping a name on it at that point. That's, I never picked up Firefly. I never picked up The Expanse. There was um, a couple of RPGs that came out for like even fantasy stuff like uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer had an RPG based on it for a while. Um, like all of those things. I'm just like, yeah, that's really cool if you want to collect it. But I don't, I'm just like, ah, ah. It, it lives in my head. That's where I want it. That's where, I, that's where I'm enjoying it. Are there, are there any movies that you would, that just like. The movies, it's the mostly, I want to see more of it. So okay. if there's a deeper setting available, by all means, I'll take it. Are there any movies that, that anybody would like to see become an RPG, an RPG that like you're like, oh, this is a cool like setting that I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. No, like, not really. That not haven't already, already been, been done. done. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's, well, that's the thing now. Yeah, like everything. Like we've been yeah. so, so inundated with that IPs kind of thing. Been, yeah, yeah, have been snatched up and developed and they're, released recently. They're being farmed mm -hmm. like crops mm -hmm. now. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I think that shows you the strength of the RPG market, though. I mean, the, 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 the folks 
want to and publishers not only do folks want to play in these 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 you know worlds that are, that are built but publishers want to create uh you know games that folks can play in because of the fact that you know role playing is is become kind of <laughs> steel dawn oh my god <laughs> sorry <laughs> we broke I'm gonna joke here for a minute <laughs> uh yes okay so rodrigo rodrigo definitely has one i still dream so yes that that is one that rpg counts. that i would love to see that i would jump on wholeheartedly and i would if if anybody is listening to this if anybody any like if there is even just a shred of somebody that's even associated that has the publishing rights to make this game happen call me up direct message me whatever i don't care I would love to work on a Thundercats RPG. Only so if it's written entirely from the point of view of Snarf. Though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Get into here. a new fantasy RPG? Boy, that's a tough sell right now. What would the appeal need to be to get into a new fantasy RPG? I think... Mm. It'd have to be some sort of really character-driven thing. This. It can't be a. It kind of can't be a. Yeah, there you go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Give me just, some dice. Yeah, I, I, I want, want some dice. No, you, I just want the pretty. Dice. Give me a cool dice mechanic. Yeah, yeah. A cool dice well, mechanic. Yeah. yeah, actually, that 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 right there, like Ben just said, you, you need it needs to be mechanically interesting. It can't be just hey, we're gonna take and slap five e on this and step. Yeah, it. I will also admit to. Um, being I, I know like I, I this is like a running joke with people who I talk about any media that I do or don't enjoy with is that I hate everything um, and I, <laughs> I really hate everything fantasy which is ironic since I write a fantasy webcomic um, but a lot of it's very like samey and derivative so if I, I were to get into a uh, new fantasy then it would be something that's weird basically something that's weird and not normal and you would be like push like calling it fantasy would be pushing the bounds of genre that would be what would get me interested in the first place basically so so a, a new like a fresh idea yeah yeah i, I would like a fresh idea setting wise and mechanically preferably and but if the mechanics are like uh straightforward and clean and pretty easy then just a fresh idea narratively and setting wise that's oh, <laughs> yeller oh now i just want to know what old yeller's ac was oh. yeah oh. i just don't think like for when it comes to fantasy things like everything is trying to be the next lord of the rings and i think that is a massive mistake like you, you see it so many times like even look at the wheel of time the wheel of time has a lot of really cool stuff in it but the core of the setting is you've got this massively powerful bad guy at the center of all you've got the heroes who are trying to put the bad guy down and that's a very fantasy trope which is fine um but everything in there you can compare to like something from lord of the rings and it once you can do that like when you can say oh this is just like such and such out of such and such book that immediately kicks you right to the curb when it comes to immersion in a in a new setting because you're going to treat it like that subconsciously whether you want to or not 
and that like that's why i don't look at a lot of fantasy anymore like there's a lot of um that uh christopher paolini guy that did aragon that that was like a massively hit children's book and they made it into an rpg at one point i believe i'm pretty sure i saw it on the shelves that series is terrible it's just it's hot garbage it's so derivative and boring and everything you've read everywhere else like that's the the big kicker it would be for a fantasy thing would be you've gotta you've gotta have mechanically a great system to get your to get your head around uh there's a lot of uh snarf hate going on but then there's, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with snarf. snarf and Every, every 80s cartoon had a snarf. If, if I, I swear to God, I would love to see another Ghostbusters. Like after watching Ghostbusters Afterlife, like now that we've seen like kid like Ghostbusters, like there, someone needs to put out a new Ghostbusters RPG. That's all I'm saying. Uh, let's see here. Patty says uh, Forbidden Lands is a fresh setting and interesting mechanics. Yeah, I love I like Forbidden Lands a lot. I had a lot I, of fun I playing love that. What Forbidden, yeah, what they're doing with Forbidden Lands. They were, I they were smart the, with that. When they yeah. they kept it small scale. Yeah. You're 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 not plucky heroes adventuring against the world. You're just a group of people trying to like heck to survive in this world. <laughs> like this is everything's trying to eat me or shoot me. I just want to live, please. <laughs> yeah. Michael Sims said he always wanted a watership down rpg yes. uh watership down is one of my favorite things ever i literally have this right over here what is that is a bunny this is, this is a pin of the black rabbit of inlay that says my heart has joined the thousand and i also have an el Herrera pin that says for but first they must catch you on my understand. back that i take everywhere if you haven't i'm, read I'm, watership I'm tilting down, my head to try and get a better view of a flat screen it, i don't understand why if, if, it, if you haven't read Watership Down, it doesn't make any sense. If you have, you know that it's awesome. Uh, yeah, so a very, very, very long time ago, GURPS put out a supplement called Bunnies and Burrows, which was specifically to uh, play Watership Down, basically. Um, Remember that? Yeah, <laughs> that's a thing that happened. Um, there have also been plenty of other RPG systems or supplements that, like... Uh, altered existing systems in order to allow you to play animal characters. Um, I know Skirmisher a long time ago did the Noble Wild, which was basically, that was for 3.5. Um, and that was basically to give you like, that was more like um, talking beasts from Narnia type thing, but you could easily mm -hmm. use it to do a Watership Down type game. And a lot of different systems have done like, not specifically Watership Down. I also think that would be amazing. I think it would be really cool if you were to do a Watership Down game to incorporate, because it's such an important part of the story, to incorporate storytelling and lore as like a way to enhance your roles, because that's like a major part of what the story is about, is how like these oral traditions allow um, pre-literate societies to pass on information and solve their problems. That would be really cool. And that'd be awesome. And I don't, I'm not aware of anything that currently exists for that, but ah, um, this is The Warren by the Marshall Warren. Miller. Yeah, this is by, by Bully Pulpit, Bully Pulpit uh, Games. Okay. This is a game that, that I've actually looked at quite a few times and then I've, uh, I've tried. I'm going to go download this now. Have you, have you not, so you have, know. You, have you not uh, well, seen this game? Before? I haven't Last seen it. this. I yeah. want it now. Oh Lots yeah, rabbit yeah. tails says just watership down. So yeah, it, 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 yeah, exactly. It it is an apocalypse uh, apocalypse world uh, game. So 
uh, yeah, no, this is a game that, that I've looked at quite a few times and, and that uh, I need to, uh, uh, I keep seeing it. it. It's a lot of the times it's uh, on the indie press uh, uh, booth and yeah, I've, I've yeah, passed it over this. a few times and I really need to pick up a copy of it. I definitely need this. Yeah. So yeah, there's nothing like officially licensed. I don't know as the Adams estate would let that happen. It, a lot of estates are not mm -hmm. like down with that sort of thing. Um, well, they know how much this, money they can make off of that sort of thing. A, a lot of the estates just don't know what it is. Like they, it doesn't mean anything to them. So someone's like, Hey, I want to make a game. And they're like, we don't know what that means. Ignored. <laughs> like, True. Yeah, I guess if you're not sure what it is, you don't want to get into it in just in case it's something stupid. Right, yeah. Nobody wants their legacy trashed around. <laughs> fair, dear go. That's fair. Uh, yeah, this Allagash says, uh, unpopular opinion, I'm RPG'd out. There are too many, and I can't keep up. I don't not need wrong. more. You are not wrong. There are, there, there are probably too many, to be honest with you right now. I, every I, it feels like every other day a new RPG system comes out that wants your money and your time and your and your Kickstarter dollar. I and that sort of thing. I, I I like I want to split hairs with this take <gasps> in that okay. there are too many like full RPG line RPGs out there. If you give me these little small zine style or or micro RPGs like the Excellence or Business Wizards. Give me those all day long. Something I can play once and feel like I got my money's worth out of it. You know, something that I can pick up for, you know, $15, $20 at a shop, play that for the evening with my friends and have a good time. Give me more of those. But like, if you expect me to buy a player's handbook, uh, a dungeon master guide, and a monster manual for at every. 60 bucks a pop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For every time i want to change systems uh people are just not going to change systems i mean we we've seen it in retail too that people are like well you know i i do see forbidden lands and yes that game looks great but i have 500 dollars worth of fifth edition yeah. and i'm like yeah i i get it i understand yeah like but if you give me a 20 30 dollar book that I can play a couple of times and really feel like I got my money's worth out of it. I'll take more of those all day long. That's like, what I do like with Mothership. Yeah, or Mark Borg or anything like that. Anything yeah. small where it's just, here's your single thing. You can buy a zine to expand it or you can make up your own stuff. Like I, I have the basics for Mothership. Uh, I bought their, they did a Kickstarter for a Gradient Descent where you can get all the back catalog. And the back catalog for that is about this thick. Sorry, about that thick. <laughs> It's literally, it took me like an hour and a half to read the entire content level for that game. Yeah, yeah, squeeze, squeeze your head. That's for not very those thick. Audio I'm, I'm measuring it on my on my screen. It's not very thick, Jason. For those yeah, audio like, listeners, we're talking roughly about an inch or 2.5 yeah, centimeters for those Canadians. Thank you, Ben. Thank You're you. welcome. Um, but yeah, like I, what, I, what I do with a lot of Mothership stuff is when I want to make up an adventure for it. I know that it's very minimalist system. So I literally, I, I open up a, um, a, what are they called? I can't pronounce the name. Lushturum. I have a Lushturum 1917 notebook. It's, I don't know. Yeah, I got it at, I, well, I know what it is, but because I love them, but I don't understand the name. Um, but you fold it open and it's a two page spread. And I literally only use those two pages. Hmm. That's the whole adventure. I, if I have to go over that, 
it's not in the adventure. I th so I think about it a lot before I write, of course. But I put down that content on two pages, and almost every time, it's come out cool. Like, you have to really be concise, and you, you strip away a lot of unnecessary stuff. So when I look at the supplements that come out, like for D&D, uh, like that new, uh, what, what's the new thing for, for the core set or the, for the gift set, the collector set thing, Ben? Oh, the multiverse? Uh, the multiverse. Monsters of the multiverse. I'm not going to buy that because I don't need it. It's 250 monsters, a lot of them being updated from past monsters, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that, but I don't need that book. I don't need 250 new monsters. I have the monster manual already. And I have four or five supplements that all have like 20 monsters in them each. I could go a lifetime without ever needing the monsters in that book. <laughs> like <laughs> having having the 3,000 monsters to choose from is not helpful. It's more confusing than anything else, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rodriguez's uh, fate system has uh, the secrets of cats. He plays a cat and you have a have to protect your burden. Your human. Your burden. <laughs> I like I it. That's <laughs> Um, Fate's another one of those systems that I, I feel like they have like smaller price points since it's like its own system and you can just buy these like you know books that uh, all kind of run off the mm -hmm. same system um, where you don't really have a whole lot of like really expensive you know price points with Fate game. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm not looking at the right Fate Fate books, no. but most most of them seem fairly inexpensive. Like. Like you were saying, Ben, mm. where you, you know, yeah. you pay like thirty. They're done bucks like that. And... Yeah, they're done like that on purpose. Yeah, they don't. They don't want you to have to break the bank to buy their book. Exactly. Uh, Mork Borg is on my short list to pick up this year. Played it on a one shot last year. Still makes me Just smile thinking about silly it. Fun. It's, it's fun. fun. Yeah. It's fun. Oh, it's, I the best part about Mork Borg is it's it's this grim dark like just deal from forty k. It's this grim dark world. And no one takes anything seriously. No one cares if their character dies. I mean, I had a character last quite a while, and I was super proud of that. But when he died, finally, I was like, that was so cool. Where was my next character? It wasn't just, oh, man, my character's dead. I'm never playing this game again. Rah, you know, none of that. It's just it's just fun and silly and dark. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying our uh, Death in Space uh, games. I think those are... Uh, and that I want to play Porco like... again. Hey, we'll, 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 if you'd like to see uh, more Death in Space, let us know in the chat because uh, I think we'll probably do that uh, at another session. Space. Uh, agree. Uh, says D and D, Pathfinder, Savage Worlds, GURPS could probably fill an entire house. Absolutely, for sure, absolutely. for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, there's. I looked at the supplements once actually when when Second Edition came out. My the local game store in well not local for me but you know what I mean in Edmonton had all of their first edition books out um on display and there was i think three or four hundred mm -hmm. different pathfinder first edition hardcovers mm -hmm. <laughs> you gotta think as a retailer that's tough because i mean it's a lot of that's skews. a lot of skews yeah yeah that's that's tough that's tough uh hungry has a question would you rather a several book game or several one book games. Uh, one book. Depends on yeah. you know, like uh like with the one ring, uh I am all in on that. Uh, give me all the books that that they will make. 
with that. Um, I want to watch Ben's reaction to the series when it comes out. Oh my gosh! I want to do like a watch party where we can watch it live with Ben. Not not actually. I'm pretty sure Ben's vibrating right now just thinking about it. I just want a camera that's pointed at Ben's face and a timestamp so that we can see the look on his face when things happen on the screen. How many times have you watched that trailer, Ben? Uh, I mean, it's not really a trailer. It's just just a title reveal. But like, unfortunately, yeah, I was hoping it was more too. Yeah, I, I didn't realize it was that. I haven't clicked on it. it I just knew it was a little video. It's practical. Mm-hmm. It's not CGI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice. That, wait, what? Seriously? Yeah. 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 No, that's actual just they, slow speed film. Slow, of molten, slow speed, high you know, definition cool. cameras. Yeah. I'll have to watch yeah, that well, again. I didn't realize yeah. that. I just assumed it was CGI. No. Nope. Yep. It's, pra- it's a practical effect entirely. It's so amazing. Good. So good. Uh, Patty has a question for uh, are the extra books right. adventure settings or rules? Um, God, not rules, Jesus, please, not rules. Yeah, I think I, <laughs> please, not rules, please, no. I think <laughs> for me, for me, I would rather have several one book games just because I just the way my brain works and the way I know it is. Who like, does I your love brain work does? well, it's it. it doesn't like to stay on one topic very long and i like oh, to go that, yeah that, that's like the title of the book though <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i feel like you know for me having a whole bunch of one book games would probably be more beneficial than having one game that i just you know with lots and lots of books that again it kind of depends on on the setting and, and what the game is but uh more than likely i like a lot of one book games uh, sh- Ooh, see here. Rodrigo, <laughs> that's a good question. This is this one right here. Yeah. Speaking one. of character death, what do you think of the OSR versus modern games feud? Mm. Feud. I I have one one rule when it comes to character Mind death. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, um, character death should matter within the story. It should have some emotional resonance. Unless you're playing Mork in, in the story. Yeah. It, but like <laughs> but like but Morkborg has that emotional resonance. Like you it can tell a really good death through Morkborg. Like it can be fast and brutal and come out of nowhere, but that doesn't necessarily mean it can't be impactful or resonant. That is true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, if you're killing a character just to kill a character, uh, <laughs> It's do cheap. better. Do better. Yeah, it's cheap. <laughs> as a as better. a player, as a as, as a DM, uh, that you can do something better. I think my personal opinion, my toolbox. I'll get down off it now. No, no, I agree. I agree. When it comes to OSR versus modern games, I understand what at least what I think the the appeal of OSR being mostly um, originality. The rules are extremely light in the old school rules games and it begs you to be original just try to do something and your gm then tells you how you do it or what you roll to see if you do it um i think that's where a lot of people don't like the new 5e rules because it's very arcadey um everyone has a host of moves that they can do and the osr guys are like well i could just say i want to do that i don't need a rule to make then 
some people are okay with that and some people need the structure but that's that as far as i'm concerned that's the only feud in well it should be the only feud in osr versus it's not it's just a bunch of gatekeeping yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot of extra baggage yeah around that, the osr versus modern games yeah. Feud is there's a lot of baggage that has nothing to do with mechanics. It's not D and D anymore. Yeah. There's a lot of baggage <laughs> that has nothing to do with what actually happens yeah. in the no, game at all. Not at all. A lot a of it's nostalgia. People want their nostalgia in the feud. There's uh, some things outside of nostalgia going on too, unfortunately. Yes. Um, I, people and want their I, game their way. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and many other things their way too. Yes, unfortunately, yeah. it's gross. Yeah, uh, so that would be nice. It would be, would be nice, great. but apparently that's not great. the case. Hungry, if we could, in fact, <laughs> just all get along. We'd Boy, like everyone we to. Yeah. Boy, don't we wish? Um, so yeah, character like, and I think that's kind of like a there's kind of like a misnomer there too, is or like a misunderstanding of like that all games have to have like combat and the uh inherent threat of death as a driving force in them and they don't like there's a lot of rpgs out there that are about other things and that's fine like if you want to play a game that's about hitting things with a sword until you or it dies then that's a, a totally cool and fun and valid type of game but if you want to play a game that's about like uh, exploring interpersonal relationships that's also a totally cool and valid game and death isn't really like the threat of character death is not going to come into that game so uh, i mean there's different types of games it depends on what you're trying to achieve in the game what the game is trying to achieve for an experience and also like thematically like character death doesn't make sense in like a my little pony rpg <laughs> in the same way that it does in a game of DD. it depends on what you're doing thematically like it yeah uh, yeah i think trying to apply the metric of like does your character die easily as like a a simple litmus test for whether or not a game is good is very reductive and not useful in a lot of instances there are a lot of games that i've played that there's no combat in Right, there's no like, combat. There's like no like hit points. Like it's just not a thing. Just that's not what the game is for. Right. Yeah, because yeah, that's not what those games yeah. are for. So uh anyway. let's see here. Great Day asks, have any of you played Icarus? Now Icarus is a game from Renegade Game Studios. I was trying to bring it up while we we're uh while we we're uh while y'all were chatting for a little bit. But uh it is from Hunters Entertainment Renegade oh, Game Studios. This is a world-building uh, civilization game. Uh, it's GM-less. Uh, I believe it's... Uh, I want to say it's like a Jenga tower. Um, and then once it falls, you, your, 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 your civilization is pretty much done. It, it kind of... You know what it reminds me of, Amanda, is um, A Quiet Year. That's what it sounds like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like A Quiet Year only with Jenga blocks, I believe. <laughs> it's sure. also stacking things yeah i'm pretty sure i'm trying to features uh just this one uses dice to stack okay oh is it well, dice to stack okay mm -hmm. interesting okay um so yeah no i have not played this i've seen it quite that a bit that sounds really interesting though yeah. um this is one of those games where i believe it would probably be more 
like you, you definitely want to play this in person, uh, which is tough in this day and age right now for a lot of us. Um, but I'm no, I've heard really good things. Out, I've heard yeah. really good things about it. What's what's that, Ben? I said I'm definitely gonna check this out because this is the type of like little quick role play game that I'm talking about. When I'm like, give me these little small things that I can play once or twice and feel like I got my money's worth. So. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I remember when it was on Kickstarter. Um, I, th yeah, it's been a little while since it's been out. It kind of flew under the radar for a lot of folks, and I think it's still under the radar for for a lot of folks. Uh, but uh, yeah, Icarus. Uh, from Jesus, I got some Elvis here going on here with a hand. Yeah, but it, 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 like I said, it does give me the uh, a quiet year kind of vibe for it, where it's like. You're building your society, and eventually it's going to just fall. And uh, I love I love games like that, just to kind of even like for session zeros to kind of create your own like setting in your own like civil, you know, your, your own like you know. I know. Like, yeah. Alan's same. Tiny Gods. Uh, he released uh, a little supplement game called Tiny Gods, and I played. Oh, I think there were six or seven of us, so we made a world. And you you just collaboratively go around, you design continents, and then you have things that you can do as your deity, and you affect the world, and you have you can create minions, you can create stuff in the world. There's really very little. Um, it's all about, it's all about like creating a mythos, creating a world, uh, and it, you can do the whole rise and the whole fall of your world if you want to. But I've used it twice now to create a new role playing game map, and a and a. And a um, a cosmology for it, just for fun. Cosmetology? <laughs> no cosmology. No, cosm not cosmology. I mean, you 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 can come up with hairstyles, I'm sure. Yeah. I guess, yeah, you could, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was we had there was like four or five of us on one uh, on Alan's uh, server. I think it was Alan's server. I can't remember now. It's been so long. But we all took on the on the role of deities, and we all you make your decisions and you affect the world. And we had uh, a couple of guys who were good with the map, thankfully, because I have no skill at that area whatsoever. My graphical skills is zero. Um, but we made a really cool map after the fact. And we basically just all took the collaborative effort we made and were able to go away with it. And, you, and it was cool oh, because you had, like, you had like seven people helped you design a world and you get everyone's unique little aspect of it to use hmm. in your own way, like later on tons of fun and no combat whatsoever i mean i tried to be a bad guy i was playing a death god and there was all kinds of gross stuff <laughs> that, that, was, that was my thing me. that doesn't yeah, really it shouldn't surprise anybody <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah like we had a lot of fun playing that because you can compete against each other too which was very fun uh a great day says any gmless or solo games you've played that you could recommend i i would recommend uh quiet year for sure that's i know i've mentioned that previously but I, I know that's gmless that uh you know, uh, you can play pretty quickly. It uses a deck of cards. Most of those GMless uh, and solo RPGs usually use a lot of them. Use a deck of cards. Um, a lot of them for randomization. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to play a D and D style one, Four Against Darkness is great. Um, oh yeah, Four Against Darkness is really good. D one hundred Dungeon is excellent. Yes, Rodrigo, you could totally play a beer god. Um, what else is good? Oh, Lasting Tales has solo rules. Ah, there you go. It's going to cost you a fortune in minis, Doug. Which but, is which uh, is coming out. It's not. It's still in. Uh, it's still in the. It's one of those kickstarters that uh, Jason and I have been able to kind yeah. of. Uh, 
Unfortunately, oh. it got stuck in the COVID mess. Thing, yeah. So I think it's going to be a while. It'll it'll fulfill. I'm sure it will fulfill because they've done one before. But it's going to be one of those things where their timeline is just blown right out of the water. Uh, am I am I am I, am I allowed to do some shameless self promotion on this? Oh one my bag? gosh! Promote thyself. Am I allowed? You can say no. No is a valid answer. Say no. We'll overrule them. Just, 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 just shoot me the message, Amanda. I'll 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 plug it. And you can talk about it. <laughs> well, I'll plug it. But you, you haven't know. played it. I, I mean, Doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll trust you. What is what is what is the? What, go ahead, Amanda. I'm not. I'm not gonna give you a hard time. Demos Academy, which we have coming to Kickstarter in March, is well, people can't play that yet. But they can back it soon, and they're. And there are already like games of it out in the world. There are APs out there that they can watch and listen to. So. But um, it's a it's a GMless horror game with paper dolls and a coloring book, and you're going back to your terrible old boarding school and uncovering your past traumas to try to remember what happened to you. And I did all the artwork, and it was designed by. By Banana Chan and Austin Taylor, and it's really fun. Nice. Um, if you haven't already picked up a copy of Five Parsecs from Home, mm, yes, five pick parsecs. this up. Uh, this is solo uh, adventure wargaming in space. Um, it uses a D6 system. It's a, it was designed by Nordic Weasel Games, and it's now published by uh, Modifius. Uh, at least this edition is um that is uh think right i think it retails for about 30 bucks but uh if you like frostgrave and and that type, frostgrave is another one you can play play solo uh or uh, rangers uh what is it rangers of shadow deep is that what the shadow keep yeah that's that's another what is that shadow keep shadow, okay. shadow keep yeah uh it, can, it has a really that. amazing cover and really nice like it if you see it on drive through where you're scrolling by, you're going to stop and look at it because you're like, what is this? <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and a great day says uh, the fantasy version is supposed to come out as well from Modifius. Yes, it is. Um, so, yeah, if, if, if you like uh, rules like kind of uh, solo wargaming, that's definitely the, the the game that I would suggest. Pick, a, pick up a copy of that. Um, there's one call, actually, that I backed a long time ago from, I can't even remember the company name right now. Uh, it's called Cabal. It was a Kickstarter. Um, it's like a 60 or 70 page book. You play as a corporation. You you literally are the corporation. You're not the head of the corporation. You are the corporation itself. And you have little characters underneath you that you create through the through their opening process. And you do all sorts of corporate espionage and stuff like that. But you do it from a macro level instead of a micro level. So your corporation decides to try and do this. And another corporation resists you and you do all these interesting little interpersonal things uh with corporations it's very strange <laughs> but it's fun and i believe it has solo rules nice all right we're, we're we're approaching the the hour and 45 minute mark uh we should probably start wrapping it up uh thank you everyone <laughs> going for, for a uh, while yeah, yeah no, remember, remember Remember an hour and 20 minutes ago when Doug said he was going to put a five-minute timer on these questions? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Well, we did a lot of them. We did. Well, yeah. he did say that. Well, I did actually tell him that I shouldn't be allowed to talk, but he let me talk anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I 
apologize. Um, I, one of these episodes, we'll have to, we'll actually have to put like a timer on and just have like a buzzer as soon as five minute five just minutes mute. hits, and then just. You know what we could do? Get like a chess clock for everybody. Everybody gets like a twenty minute chess clock. So if you want to talk, you have to click the little button, and your timer starts wow. running down. So you, you only have a total of twenty minutes to talk. What would you do after the first twenty minutes, Jason? You just be I would like buy you'd just be sitting there on screen. <laughs> I would just be like, I'll give you five bucks for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us uh, this week. Uh, I want to thank all the uh, co-hosts uh, joining us. Uh, thank you to everyone that uh, uh, joined us in the chat and asked questions. We greatly appreciate uh, you all and uh, love to do this. Uh, I'll remind you again that if you'd like to join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, love to have you uh, as part of our uh, as part of our cast and part of our show. And uh, we love uh, love doing this every week for y'all. Even you know, even as long as the the internet stays uh, active <laughs> and, and up and running. So, all right, the chest clock, dude. <laughs> That's gonna do it for this episode 133 of the Chaotic Goodcast. It was chaotic, but it was so good. We will see you all next week. Thanks so much for watching this video. Uh, if you would be so kind, make sure you hit that like, comment, and subscribe, all the YouTube jazz that we're supposed to do here. Uh, it really is greatly appreciated. And if you'd like to support us more, uh, you can uh, check us out on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backslash victoryconditiongaming. They have all sorts of Patreon perks, and it definitely helps support our show. Thank you so much. So Rodrigo has a, has a comment that says, I was great as usual. Thanks for the show. You were great, Rodrigo. <laughs> he was. He was great. I mean... Man has metal dice as his picture. How can he be wrong? Michael says, thank you. Thank you. Uh, good night, all. Thank you so much, uh, Michael. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Uh, Big fan of that avatar. It's an old D&D or Dragon Magazine cover. Nice. I can't remember the artist for that one. Oh, man. I was I was afraid we were going to get to <laughs> run because of Oops, sorry. No, no, no. Don't be sorry. It's it's totally... Uh, you totally... We're correct on that. You are. You are. Um, I was afraid that we were going to have as many uh, questions to get us through. Uh, got, got rolling. Got rolling. Yeah, we got, uh, we got rolling quite a bit. That's great. I think Alan was mildly annoyed at us, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think he really wanted to get on the show and talk about but a couple of when, things. When is Alan not mildly annoyed this at us? This is a fair point. I love you, Alan. I know you're not watching anymore, but I love you. You're great. <laughs> Yeah, uh, copy it to his Discord server. Yeah, I probably should have sent him a link over and had him join us for a little while. But uh, <laughs> yeah, then it it's would have good. been my fault that we got derailed. It would have been Alan's. Fault. I know, I know. I, I, That's okay. why I like when you put him on the screen. I'm just like, ah, yes. And, and we'd already gone past. <laughs> I feel like we we'd already gone past the the Power Rangers chat, so that would have just brought all that <laughs> back up again. Gotta get back up, back to the Power Rangers. Look yeah. back around. I'm I'm really excited for that Power Rangers uh, be, actual play. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I did yeah. see the movie, I believe. I think I saw the Power Rangers movie. I've never yeah, watched I've, I've been trying any to find... Power Rangers anything. You haven't watched any Power Rangers anything? No. Oh, you need so, to do homework then. When when I what was it? I I guess I was like a freshman in high school. At like seven in the morning, Power Rangers came on, and then it was yeah. immediately followed by an episode of Sailor Moon. And like I would watch those, and I'd go to school, and so 
but that is the extent of my anime and the extent of my Power Rangers knowledge is that like three months. I couldn't watch TV in the morning. Like in the morning, the, the TV was my dad was sitting in front of it, like drinking his coffee and watching the 6 a.m. news and cursing. Like, <laughs> That's how I ended up getting into anime in the first place, actually, was uh, when we first moved here uh, to the middle of nowhere. Um, <laughs> We didn't have much in the way of TV, but we had this local station out of Lloydminster um, that, for some reason, was airing Battletech. Or not Battletech, sorry, Robotech. Oh, yeah. yeah Robotech. It was completely out of order, completely out of context. It was mo- what I, is most happening? Of what I, I don't know. Mostly what I saw was Southern Cross, but at, at that point in my life, I had never in my life been... Exp- I was 16, 17. I had never been exposed to anime ever before. Mm. So I saw this really amazing looking robot come on the screen and I was just like, what is this? Where has this been? And then I immediately started devouring anime wherever and wherever I could. Like, oh, it was it was crazy the amount of time I sunk into that kind of foolishness. But that was like that's how I got into stuff like that though, was you know, catching it catching weird things on TV. But I never for some reason could get into uh, Power Rangers. I don't know. So I don't know why. Uh, Transformers and G.I. Joe always aired after school when I was growing up. Um, so I, that was like the one thing that I always enjoyed after school. Like I'd, you know, come home and I'd plot myself in front of the TV and, and watch the episodes of, of uh, G.I. Joe and Transformers. So that's that's one of the reasons why I'm such a big fan. Well, they had to air it at that time because that's when prime advertising goes for kids. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then once once I got a little bit older, um, they began to run the... the, the Transformers went into syndication and I think it was on the sci-fi channel and they would play them first thing in the morning. So even when I was like a little bit older and like I was in like, I think in either junior high school or high school, um, they would come on at like seven o'clock in the morning. And so I would like get around for school even when I was older and I would just put Transformers on in the background, even though I was, you know, junior high and high school age just because you know i'm an uber geek um but uh and and never would have noticed something that uh <laughs> you know i i always had to going for for quite a few years and, and uh yeah but yeah make uh, fun of says says robotech early here. in the morning was here i am something. with my necron warrior <laughs> this is gonna be my guy if we do if we do uh if we do mecha and monsters this i want this to be my dude <laughs> nice nice so yeah, I'm, I'm ruining. I'm, I'm, I'm ruining him, Doug. I'm taking him out of the plastic. Oh, oh man, don't do that. Oh, no. How dare? No. It's all right. I've got I've got some Transformers here that I, I don't just kind of. I don't. I don't own things that I don't goof around with. It's pointless. Wow. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. Just just a heads up to anybody that's still listening. Uh. I will be at Pensacon. Uh. In uh. The end. February. Pensacon or Pensacon. Pensacon, which is in Pensacola, Florida, February 18th through the 20th. So Florida. if anybody's planning on going to Pensacon, let me know. Uh, and I'll I can be, be Florida man for a brief time. Decided, decided to be in Florida for a few days. Decided um, to be in Florida. Florida <laughs> yeah. man. So, the, so the convention sprang up around your decision, did it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Doug, Doug said, I'm going to Florida. And Pensacon's like, no, you no, should, well, you should host. We're going to make it uh, happen. Yeah, just come come hang out. So, I have a buddy that used to run some of the floor at Pentagon. He he really talked highly of that con. Yeah, so. I'm excited. They've, nice. they've announced a lot of their guests, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to being there and 
And so if you're going to be there, let me know. I'll, I'll uh, be glad to to catch up with you. And, that was actually and the reason why I could not, uh, going back to that point, why I ended up not watching a lot of early uh, iterations of Transformers and G.I. Joe is because when it aired after school, my dad was home. <laughs> and oh. there was no way he was watching transformers and gi joe <laughs> not a chance hmm. so i always had to wait for like potential reruns on the weekends <laughs> so yeah no i'm, I'm excited uh, and then then uh, you and i will be at uh i think we're still i i'm kind of putting you on the spot i hope i don't we're still good uh pax at pax east in boston in april so what the, when is that i don't even know anymore the Never same mind. time may, may, as bctc what is that it's my that local con oh. oh that's yeah why there's right there's a lot of cons <laughs> going on that weekend that are local that it's like very I don't annoying know. I don't know why, like some of these. I don't bigger... know why Pax East is so late. Like normally, it's like the first weekend in March. Pax East yeah. is April. Yeah, yeah. it's year, normally the first weekend yeah. in March. So it being in mid-April is like not like no other cons in the region are planning on that to be the mm -hmm. case because it's usually not. So that's annoying. Yeah, yeah that that, a... that should work for me, Doug. Still. Okay, cool. I panicked. I'm like, wait, is that like next week? What's going on? <laughs> no, no, no. That's all <laughs> I haven't made any Get on the train! Just so everybody, if, if everybody's still listening, um, I'm sure that you're definitely you know, tuning in just to hear my schedule. And, and but I'm sure, uh, yes. Be at, uh, I, I'll be at Pensacon in February, so hopefully uh, I can meet up with folks there. Uh, I will be at Gamma Expo, and Ben and I will be actually be at Gamma Expo in, in March uh, in Reno, Nevada. That's more of an industry event. So, But if you're there, feel free to uh, hit us up. Um, and then uh, we'll be at, Ben and I will also be at PAX East uh, in, in April in Boston, Massachusetts. So... Um, hopefully, we'll see uh, more folks uh, in person this year. We're really excited about that. Uh, yeah. I'm what what are you about talking about, Amanda? Bangor Comic and Toy Con. It's held at the Bangor Mall, uh, and it's April the twentieth weekend in April. Whatever I mean, it is. Twenty first, twenty second. Yeah. Locals get annoyed if people call it banger. Yes. That's not. You take extra. That. You take extra moment to, to pronounce it as Bangor every time. It's so Bangor. I'm like, I, I mean, it's, one of it's those things. spelled that way. It, it, it's G O R. I know, but you can see the one in Ireland is apparently it. pronounced Bangor, but the one in Maine is pronounced Bangor. So. Well, that's that's like the Miami in Oklahoma is actually pronounced Miami. So no. <laughs> wrap your head around that, folks. There you go. I got That'll in trouble. But you know, we also we whole, also in uh, in Maine have a callus as opposed to <laughs> the Calais that it's named after. Yep. So <laughs> I got that's in trouble like, with my That's like uh, Vermont name. here. We've got Montpelier when it's you right. know, Montpellier. Yeah. Well, my wife is from the area around Strasbourg. Doug, you have to read these things in No, in no, I'm totally taking this out of context. Jason <laughs> His mom watched Thundercats and Yamato no, with is, him just after school. Your mom is, a, is an amazing person, Rodrigo. Why you gotta be like that, Doug? I'm like, what are you talking about? And then Trying I to get me up, in trouble. Then, I, then, then I scroll up and it says, "When I came home after school, my mom watched mm. Thundercats." Yeah, I'm just like, what the heck is Jason talking about? From like, it took me a minute. This is paying attention like, to people, like, Doug. Are you like? Oh, 
let's see here. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That'd be great. So that would be that would be cool. All right. I guess on that note, since Jason <laughs> offended Ro Rodrigo, nice. I just I just want everyone to know that whoever's still listening, talking to you, your mom is an amazing person as well. Actually, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Your mom is an Moms amazing person. in general. Person. Awesome. People. Thank you so much. Uh, because they 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 raised you, and that you're you're in this world because of them. So. Thank you. I don't know. This is getting really weird now. So yeah, I'm you're being gonna, weird now, Doug. I'm, I'm making it trying awkward. to make it sound like I was weird, but you went way beyond. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, uh, tried to turn it, it into can, a public service it, announcement. I can. I can make it worse. Okay, go, it worse. go ahead. Go ahead. Go for it. Uh, I, I will get back on the me and Barney train of reminding everyone to get their colonoscopy if you're old enough to, because the memory of my mom reminds you why you should not put it off. So. Mm. There we go. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, folks, be safe. Hey, Rodrigo forgives me. Yeah. <laughs> be safe. Be well. We'll see you all next week. Hopefully, we'll see you all at I've some point. Internet notwithstanding. Twenty twenty two.